guys. Welcome to another episode of We Are Never Truly Alone, the podcast with myself, Tiffany Rice. Today, I have my good friend, Mary Kim Garrity on from Zen Den Sports Medicine. We are going to be talking about how your body affects you spiritually. There's so many different multi-dimensions on how our actual physical bodies affect us spiritually and how our emotional self can affect our spiritual body. So, Mary, how are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for coming to visit me. I'm so happy that I did. <laughs> Mary and I have been friends for a little while now, and she has been personally working on my hip. So I thought it was an old sports injury, but come to find out, I think it's just me. No, it's a dominance issue, really. So what does that mean? Like, what does a dominance issue mean? Like, what? So we're right-handed where um, we can be right or left eye dominant. We can be right ear or left ear dominant. And if we were going to fall, which leg would we use to catch ourselves? And those four dominances kind of make up the wiring of your brain and how you learn. And um, learning and processing is everything when it comes to sports, when it comes to life. So Tiffany is left eye dominant, right ear, right hand, right leg. And her left leg is shorter. And what do you call your left leg? <laughs> it, it's just kind of like my dead leg, right? Yeah. It's there for looks. And it looks good. Okay, thanks. But but I think if you guys, everybody that's listening or watching, I'm sure you have some area of your body where you're just thinking, huh, I can't, my lower back hurts when I walk and I have no idea why. Or, you know, I notice that like I lead with my left shoulder and why, why does that happen? Like, why, why does that usually happen? Generally, right? Because I'm sure everybody has their own story. But generally, why would somebody tend to like leave, lead when they're walking with maybe their left shoulder or why do they get back aches? Again, I know this is a very general question. It's a big question, but what I would take it back to is, why do you have pain where you have it? Before you would look at your all of your dominances. And if I know your dominances, I could tell you where you're feeling your pain and why you're feeling your pain. We tend to be taught to be right or left-handed, that's normal. And then as we go, get older and we start, start to look at the world, we're looking more with one eye or the other. And that dominance um, can actually suppress the vision of the non-dominant eye, which is what we see in concussion, traumatic brain injury, stroke. And imagine when you damage the eye that is dominant, now you're left with an eye that the brain and the eye are not even talking to each other. They're in a fight. So then what do you do? You have to train your non-dominant eye, your, your non-injured eye, to do the work that the other eye is not doing anymore. I find this so fascinating because I never even realized any of this existed. It was just like, oh, that's just my leg that's kind of on the slower side mm -hmm. of every other area of my mm -hmm. body. But when I started to work with you, I realized Guys, I'm telling you, within the first 60 minutes of, not even 60, I'd say the first 30 minutes of working with you, she went from actually releasing, what was that muscle in my hip? Um, her inguinal ligament, her psoas muscle. Um, she had tightness there. Her rec fem was tight. And then we went into the posterior hip, and I saw that her hip was um, overworking, 
not underworking. So what she thinks is weak is actually overly strong. And so these are the pieces of information that help people to figure out how to fix themselves. And my athletes are anywhere from 11 to 77. You know, it's, you just don't know what you're getting, but everybody wants to move well. And if you want to move well and keep moving well, um, we have to take care of those dominances because those dominances cause compensation. So when you have someone that is struggling with grief, a lot of grief, it doesn't have to be a loss of a loved one, it could be a breakup, it could be a loss of a job, any sort of loss, do you find that there is a correlation with certain areas of the body that it affects? For sure. Um, You know, when it has to do with loss, it is a loss of tone that you get. When it has to do with a disease state like cancer, you're actually going to get tightening in the body in certain spots. So it's a very different body response. Oh, wow. Loss versus a disease. So is there anything that you would recommend if you're going through grief or... Um, I, I know that you've personally worked on cancer patients that I know. So is, is there anything that you could could help if some of the listeners are going through grief now? A lot of people that... Especially the holidays. Especially the holidays. Yeah. Especially like a new year. We mm-hmm. let go of the past. And letting go of the past can be really difficult. Not saying if you, you guys, if you're going through grief, you never... As I always say, we're never truly alone. We never let go of our loved ones in spirit. They right. just are here with us in a different form. Right. But for those that are actually going through the grief, is there maybe a couple different exercises? Like, do people hold it more so in their hips? Or I've actually heard that a lot of times it gets difficult to breathe sometimes. So when you're stuffing your emotions, you're actually going to feel your heart and lungs get super, super tight. Your chest is going to get closed up and your breathing is going to become labored. And if we can open that up, and we can do that through Reiki, we can do that through corrective exercise, um, we need to open up what is closing up. You know, fight or flight is very much this, and which is me just kind of rounding my shoulders and contracting into like the fetal position. Um, but if we can get you to open up, um, that's very helpful. I think one of the biggest things is to first of all, set your intention to let go of whatever is stuck. And if it's the loss of somebody that you love, or if it is the loss of what you thought was going to be the outcome, that can cause a lot of stress for us. And so set your intention to let that go, release it, because we don't have control over 99% of the stuff that happens to us. 99%. That 1%, we should be focusing on what we can control and how we can can control our life is to shift our perspective. Um, So it's funny because in all of my episodes, I'm always talking about setting intentions and manifesting and things like that. So from your expertise, when you're getting that tightness of of breathing, right? Like I always tell everybody, place one hand over your heart, one hand over your belly, mm-hmm. do a couple deep breathing mm-hmm. exercises. Is there anything from a client point of view, if somebody comes in and you can tell that they're going through grief or so forth and it's affecting their muscles, is there something that you do that could help them? I teach them how to breathe. Okay. So it's simple. It's just yeah. teaching how to breathe. Learning how to breathe again. Most people do not 
breathe with 100% of their lungs, 50% of their lungs, not even 25% of their lungs. They're working with less than 25% of their lung capacity, which makes us tired. When we don't have enough oxygen, that's called fuel for our body. When we don't have enough oxygen, our body goes into a, an arrested state. So we have to breathe. And if all you do is set the intention to stop once an hour, to take a few really good cleansing breaths, that changes, changes how your brain is perceiving your life. If you're open and you're breathing, the brain is no longer in fight or flight. If you're still breathing at 25% capacity, your brain is gonna keep you in fight or flight, which is short breaths, anxiety, stress, and you're gonna hold all that stress in your chest. So we talked about the stress on the chest, yep. which happens, and also in the hips, because I find that with grief, again, I know I'm focused on grief, but as you guys know, I'm a spirit medium, so all day, all night, I am surrounded by grief. So I work on it myself, and I try to help others as well. So when it comes to, I would say, what if you're just a stressed out individual and you have the typical, you know, shoulders up to the earlobes and you're walking around and you're trying to optimize your time? Like, are there, can you offer like three, maybe even five little tips that you can do? Because I'm sure you see clients that have that issue where there's so, if it's not an injury, it could just be that stress where they are doing this, or better yet, a second part to that question, what do we do for the ones that are constantly looking down on their phone? So there's a lot of up, like neck, back of the skull, oh, yeah, and absolutely. shoulders. Like what can we do to help ourselves so we're not, we don't become like a hunchback from looking at the phone, or we don't become someone that, you know, is just so stressed all the time. So the person that is stressed, that is really looking for a certain outcome to happen, those are the people that are shrugging their shoulders and wearing them as earrings because they're anticipating something. And their whole frontal lobe is trying to figure out how to make whatever it is. Let's say I want someone to call me and they're not calling me. My whole body goes into this mode, my head goes forward and my eyes go down. And this head position takes 13 pounds, and it doubles it. I just immediately, you guys that are driving your cars, you're not watching this. My head literally just went back. Like, <laughs> no, I'm fine, guys. I'm totally fine. Go you ahead. are totally fine. You are totally fine. But um, so you can tell by the way somebody moves. I can tell by how somebody moves, whether they should be doing a Reiki session with me, a guided meditation, a full body massage, uh, a neurological session where you're just like waking up the non-dominant parts of your brain. Um, I can tell and I offer that up to the client. So is there any specific, like specific, like can you say, all right, when I am shrugging, I have to realize I have to lower my shoulders and I make sure I make sure I turn my head to the right and then to the left. Like, is there anything that they can do if they're in their car? They, they have to turn have off minutes. their brain first. Okay. They have to let go of the expectation that they're anticipating or they're, they're wishing it to happen, willing it to happen. This is what that looks like. Shoulders up, head forward. Now my head is like double the weight. Um, that is somebody anticipating an outcome that probably isn't happening. My whole thing is if you can't control it, why would you put that into your body? Right. But I mean, is there any like 
steps. Drop the I'm shoulders. Thinking, like, yeah. I'm, what I'm thinking right now is that a lot of people that are listening are in their car right now and they probably have kids in the back, back seat screaming. Right. They're getting stressed. Are they going to be late for work? Yeah. Or like something's going on. So is there any tips that you could say, all right, right now, guys, while you're driving, be careful, but drop those shoulders. Well, take a couple deep breaths. Right. Take a couple of deep breaths. Whatever you're waiting to happen, write it down or put it aside. You got to let go of the thought first. Mm -hmm. Your perspective matters. If you tell your brain, I can't think about that right now because I've got to go to work and I have to focus and concentrate and be there and be present for my clients and my staff. Um, but then it's about posture. Posture is everything. Sit up against your your seat in your car and straighten your body up so many of us sit like this and we should be sitting up super super tall i'm so guilty of just curling that spine it's That's what i yeah, do and i don't realize i do it and then all of a sudden i'm my my nose is touching my knee and i'm like yeah. how why sit up straight right yeah. right 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 so it's also the weight of your head that's pulling you down. Right. But um, so what do we do to, to correct that? Like, what so, do we do? But you got to let go of whatever you're anticipating, number one, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because people leave that out. People think that breathing deep is going to change the fact that you're wearing your shoulders as earrings. No, it's not. You have to let go of whatever you're attached to because you probably have no control over that outcome. Let that go or deal with it later. Write it down and deal with it later. And then you can drop your shoulders, sit up tall, and take your nice deep breaths and unclog um, your chest and your lungs. Do you recommend like putting something behind us to help with the posture? No. no. Just knowing what your posture should feel like okay. is good practice. Okay. And if you don't know how your posture should be, stand up up against the wall and try to get your shoulders back and the back of your head on the wall at the same time as your tailbone. Not easy because we're also here. Well, it's so funny that you bring that up because so many times I'll see a picture of myself that I don't know someone's taking, right? Like I'll be in the background of a picture and I'm like facing, looking down or looking forward. And I'm like, how I hate how my shoulders have become rounded as I've aged. So I keep on trying to kind of circle Open my it shoulders up. Yeah. back. Yeah. Is there anything you could recommend for me for that? I would I would say you bring your shoulders forward first. Exaggerate the forward movement. That's called a counter strain. So letting your body go to the position that is most natural. From there, slowly coming out of that and coming into an extended spine. Chest out, ladies, right? That's what chest we out, like shoulder chest out, yeah. shoulder blades together in the back. Just a small cleavage in the back. And then big cleavage in the front, small cleavage in the back. That's what I like, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then also, what about, you know, kind of what I mentioned before with the, the head looking down, because a lot of times we're just staring at our phones or, you know, on any social media app. So after a long time, you're like, oh, my gosh, my neck is starting to hurt. So your phone should be do? up at eye level. Your okay. eye level should not be down to the phone. Sorry. No, it's yeah. It's the position I mean, of your phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's the position of your phone, Tiffany. I know. My <laughs> position, I'm, I feel like I'm so lazy after talking to you. I'm like, no, you're oh, not lazy I'm, at all. It's it, like curled up little snail. It's lack of awareness around yeah. kind of what we look like. And every once in a while, we get that glimpse of ourselves in the not so ideal posture. And it's a wake up call. It is. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, 
I that's how one of the reasons why I came to you because I could feel my hip having like I felt myself having the hip issue but then I was recorded and I was walking someplace yes and I saw Conjuring how I, house video. yes and I saw how I walked and I thought to myself oh my gosh it's worse than I thought so that's why I needed to get right on your table right. as soon as possible right so that's why like I wanted to have you on because you and I always talk so candidly about it, but I feel like there's so many of us, especially my listeners, we're always like trying to find ways to have time. We want that quick fix. We know it doesn't come as a quick fix. And it's so important to really put that mind over matter. And like you mentioned before, writing things down on paper. It's I love being able to set the intentions and manifest, so write things on paper. Also, you release all doubt because... Mm-hmm. We can't control the situation. We can only control the energy that we have with ourselves. That's And the energy that we have with ourselves is really what controls the outcome, not just our expectations. So it starts there. Totally. It starts there. But then if we aren't doing that, it resides in our body. And then by it the time sits it, re- there. it resides in our body, that's when we come to you, Mary. So I love the tips that you're giving with the shoulders, the shoulders back. The going through grief, learning to do a couple of those big deep breaths, cleansing breaths are always huge. And then what about, let's talk about the hips. Let's talk about the hips. We've talked about my hips. We don't need to talk about my hips anymore. But (laughs) I, I know that a lot of us experience those tight hips. So what's something that someone could do if they're sitting at a desk all day or, um, yeah, if they're just sitting all day. If they're sitting all day, yeah, if, if you're sitting all day, get up once an hour and walk around in your best posture. Take big steps, not small steps. Walk with intention. Give yourself two to three minutes an hour. I think we c- can all do that. Maybe it's five minutes every two hours, but I wouldn't sit longer than two hours. I would never be able to sit longer than two hours. Well, now I'm just at a point when I sit for that long, I get up and I'm sore. Yeah. And it, it actually hurts. Yeah, yeah, it hurts me to get up. Yeah. But I also catch myself when I'm doing readings and if I'm home, I will get up and walk around and I do laps in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I'm like, I'm going to do laps today. I just catch myself going in a circle. But that's actually powerful because movement is therapy, but also movement is what derives language. So we think better on our feet. That makes that make total sense. sense. Yeah. Yes. So you're processing information that you're getting during your reading. So you you processing that you're getting up and you're walking around because you're trying to process it to give the person the best reading they can get. And you're thinking the best on your feet. You would not be thinking your best sitting down. You're so smart. I I thought it was always because when you, I learned when you get up and talk in front of people, it's like, okay, you have to stand up and you have to be present and in front of people. So I just always thought like, oh, it's just a, an organization structure thing but no. I didn't realize it was actually it's brilliance connected. actually yes oh my gosh <laughs> oh my gosh okay what I, I'm a I I know you're a plethora of information so I would love to know some burning questions okay Ooh. Ooh. all right is there anything to increase your sex drive let's just put it out there any muscle connection that you can do to increase your sex drive Kegels, easiest thing to do as a woman and as a man is to pretend like you're holding in your pee, try to hold it there for 60 seconds to three minutes, and then let it go. 
contract, hold it for 60 seconds to 180 seconds, let it go. Um, that keeps blood flow going where it needs to be going. Okay. But what if you're, what if you're a male? Same. Same? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so absolutely, and it help actually helps them with their prostate as well. So, and is there anything else? (laughs) Is there anything else as far as because we talked shoulders, we talked shoulders, we talked breathing, we talked sex, we talked grief. Um, What about if you just if you're in a meditation, you start your day with a meditation and with some affirmations, and you write it all down and Mm -hmm. so forth. Is there a certain body position that you would recommend being in like a certain posture being in while you meditate to get like the most out of your day even if you only have that two minutes before the kids wake up from school or before you have to take the dogs out like you give yourself two minutes like what's the best thing that you can do for your body is it a certain body position or absolutely um if you're trying to wake up and meditate and start your day sit um, with your full spine nice in, in the best posture it can be in. If you're trying to bring yourself down to go to sleep, lay down and do the meditation. So morning is sit up and sit upright. Evening is lay down and close your eyes. And should I be laying down on my back? On or your back. Set right on the mm-hmm. back? Right on okay. your back. Knees can be bent or straight. All right. Yeah. And that's helpful for better neurology and better neurology for sure but also remember how the chakras work you being in a straight line really makes a difference so if you're doing your meditation in a rounded position or fetal position that's not aligning anything so you can get multiple benefits from your meditation when you're sitting upright for your morning meditation and this is how it all connects and align when we talk about mind body spirit and this is why I wanted to have Mary on because one, you're one of my best friends. Two, you're so spiritual yourself. But then three, you know what you're talking about when it comes to the physical part. And this is what you do for work yes. is connecting with the physical part yeah. with some spirituality in the mix yeah. too. So I think a lot of people that are listening and watching today, they have some takeaways from this because we have those questions. We want to know, okay, one of, one of the biggest questions I have all the time from people is like, I just need to find time and I need to figure out how to de-stress. I feel like I look 40 years older than I actually am, you know, and it's because it's the wear and tear of daily life on your body. It is, but it's also, we have 60,000 thoughts a day and 80% of those thoughts are repetitive. So if my... One of my repetitive thoughts that I repeat maybe 500 times in a day, if that thought is, I'm not good enough, think of what that does. It makes you weaker. So if you can flip the, stri- flip the script from I'm not good enough to I'm working on myself, it's a totally different energy. How you speak to yourself is just as important as how you speak to your children and to your partner. So I would flip the script on some of those dark thoughts that you have because they repeat over and over again. And I always say, too, with the universe, the universe doesn't understand if you're being like a wise guy. 
No, you sarcasm know, yeah, is not, yeah. a, no, not I understood. I learned that the hard way, guys, because um, <laughs> I tend to be sarcastic. And so when I would say things, and then I realized, like, I don't get it. I'm, right, I'm manifesting, but nothing's coming into fruition for me. And then I realized, oh, because the universe is like, I don't understand. You just said you wanted this, but then you said, probably won't happen, but. So right. you had to be right. so conscious of the words that you choose. And how you speak to yourself, mm -hmm. because when you're speaking to yourself, that gives your thought energy. And then when you say it out loud or you write it down, that energy becomes your intention. And if you're not kind in setting your intention, you wonder why things aren't going so well in your life. So first things first, guys, what we always say is write down what you would like to set your intentions to, writing down your intentions, writing down things that you are manifesting, write that down. And then when we talk about the body and how things start to manifest in the body that you may not like, um, you have to really check to see, are you living that true potential with what you're writing down? Right. You know, like the, you can't yeah. write down, I am going to be, I am healthy. And then as you finish off a family size bag of chips, been there, done that. Okay. So. We all have. We all have. So it's not just you. We all have. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like we have to make sure we match up because what's going to happen is if we're not matching up, then you're going to start feeling the shift in your physical body as well. 100%. That's called sensory mismatch neurologically. So sensory mismatch is when you have this intention to build your business to be as big as possible, but then you are talking not so nicely to yourself and you're self-criticizing and those thoughts are repeating 60,000 times a day. Like, what are you feeding to yourself in terms of your intention and then you're actually communicating that to the universe. Be careful how you speak to the universe. It's like speaking to your most favorite grandmother. You do it with kid gloves. You you do it with kindness, you do it with intention, do it with love. And self-love is something that we all need to work on. I have been saying in my manifestation is I'm a major love attractor. Girl, we know that already. Yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway, yes. Sorry, I had to do it three times, three times. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I know this conversation, we went a little bit here, there, and everywhere. But I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. And, and, you know, it starts out with the mental stuff. And we have to make sure we regulate our mental stuff. Because if we don't, it gets situated in areas of our body that get stuck and blocked. And then you have to come see Mary. Not that you don't want to come see Mary. But then you have come to come see, see Mary. And we have to figure out the root of it. But I just find it so fascinating where everything is connected. Everything's connected. And how you speak to yourself is probably the most important thing that you do all day long. So start there. Speak to yourself with kind words. Sit up straight, chest out, deep cleansing breaths. And within the first two to three minutes, you're going to be starting your day off in the right direction. You will feel better. You'll feel like a different person. It's, it's amazing. 
So thank you, Mary. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, guys, we will set you soon. <laughs> I'm tongue twisted already. We will see you next week and enjoy your day. And always remember, we are never truly alone. Thank, thank you. you.